Recorded live from Stockton, California, this is Jammin' with the Best. Hello, friends. We are uh, back again with another podcast. Yeah, another day. Yeah, got another guest, uh, Dustin Gauker. He's uh, in the, the sports gambling, just gambling, online gambling world, right? Yeah, coverage. Yeah, yeah, coverage of everything that's going on in legal sports betting, online gambling, and things like that, yeah. So uh, how's your job taking a turn during this quarantine? Uh, interestingly, because casinos and things are shut down, people are looking for ways to gamble online more. So it's actually been that part of it's been good. Sports betting, obviously, with sports kind of in general shut down has been uh, awful, awfully slow. But uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that people are still finding ways to gamble uh, as things go on. But online poker is legal in a few states and that's seen like record numbers of people doing it. And uh, like horse racing, that's another thing you can legally bet on. They're still racing horses and a lot of tracks. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an, uh, a, a change and different, but uh, still people still like to gamble no matter how you do it. Always. Yeah. Always. And if you limit the stream of basically supply for all that gambling, then that demand is still there and yeah. they're going to they're right. gonna feed into those few streams. They'll mm-hmm. find something. Yeah. There's been, there's, there's like a few viral clips I've seen of just casinos that have like huge car lines waiting to get in the parking lots or just standing outside because people, yeah, people haven't been able to gamble, even though it's, you know, it's been a bad, bad time for some people financially. There's still lots of people who are doing fine and yeah. mm-hmm. like going to casinos, I guess. I'm not one of those people who would stand in line for a casino, but uh, more power to them. Yeah, not at all. I, it's funny, too, because the things that you cover is the only thing I really gamble on besides myself and playing golf. Right. I, I'll bet on football and I'll do poker. I love a good poker game. Mm-hmm. I do a little bit online, but it's mostly been in, in-person games. Um, but that that's the only two things I'll gamble in is bet on sports and bet on <laughs> poker. I feel like I have a little bit more control than just like jumping in and doing slots. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. There, there is a little control. I mean, it's a little skill involved in sports betting, a little skill in, in poker. So, yeah, it's the it is definitely more than the randomness of roulette and slots and things like that. Yeah, yeah. just pure luck at that point. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> at least a few in tricks. Mm-hmm. Slots is pretty much pure luck. Yeah, with slots, that it's is. That way. I love me always always like place that. max bets if you're going to play slots. That's all I can tell you. That's the only that's, strategy you need to know. That's the only strategy I've that. ever done, so it works. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> So, um, are you a disc golfer? First of all, I am. I'm not terribly good, but I live about half a mile from a disc golf course at a public course. I live in Bend, Oregon, oh, nice. uh, and there is a yeah a public uh, public park. It has a city run disc golf course, and I go over there once in a while. Uh, I am. I would say I'm still learning the game, but I've played back to when I was a kid, back when before it was cool to play disc golf. So <laughs> public parks in Pennsylvania where I grew up. So, but I would not call myself a an avid disc golfer. I do just go out and throw throw with some friends for fun once in a while. Nice, that's a good outlet, and it shows all the different levels of golfers that there are out there too. Not just skill level, but like the the frequency of play and the amount of like, do you care about playing tournaments or not? And, you know, there's there's so many more people out there who don't, but when you're in it, like you're inundated with all these people who that's their life. Mm-hmm. You know, is right. is just tournaments. It's fun to have. Yeah, sides. it's 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 it was funny. One of the first things I did when the pandemic started, they kept the disc golf course open, so we like a few of my friends went out, socially distanced, had a few beers, and and, and threw some discs around, and it was it was good fun. So it's a good place you can do for safe right too. now too. 
It's a great place for beer. Yeah, yeah and, in, yeah. and Oregon, man, it's just gorgeous. So it's basically a hike with a game involved. So you can't beat that. Yeah, it's like uh, the one course here, it's Pine Nursery is the name of the course. It's mm-hmm. just, it's nothing special, but it's like all over lava rock and you're climbing over things the whole time. So pretty <laughs> decent exercise. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's good fun. So well, when are we going to have a gambling on disc golf? I don't know. The niche sports, though, have come like gotten really big lately because there's nothing else going on. So like <laughs> oh. the most bet on sport right now, I think, in the in the world is table tennis randomly. Oh, like there's wow. still awesome. table tennis going on in, in pro, at the pro level, like in Russia and other parts of Asia. So mm-hmm. like the sportsbook operator said, this is like the biggest thing we're doing. So uh, <laughs> there's tons of matches all the time. Lots of stuff going on. Um, that doesn't answer your question. though. Disc golf is, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, if you can if a sports book can make money on something, they will probably take action on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if there is enough interest in a disc golf tournament to, to warrant betting it, uh, I don't think everybody would offer it, but I think some sports books would, would eventually look into it, at least for like the, the majors. Mm-hmm. It also comes with all sorts of, uh, of other things. I know, I mean, I know these guys are pros and, and gals are pros and they also they have pro endorse, they have endorsements and other things, ways they make their money, but there's some integrity concerns once you start allowing betting. So like, yeah, yeah, for sure. You could, you could, I mean, could you throw a, a, a disc golf tournament? That'd be pretty hard to do a whole tournament. You know, if you were the favorite, I guess you could, you could uh, try to throw a tournament, but there are some concerns. You have to keep li- betting limits kind of small. So there's not really any incentive yeah. to, to, f- mm-hmm. to fix it. But you know, it's, uh, I think this world right now we're in where these niche sports have gotten more run. Uh, you know, I think there's, there's definitely room. I don't think anybody currently have the legal operating sports books in the United States offer disc golf, but it doesn't mean it couldn't happen someday. That's cool. I yeah, I mean, it's inevitable if the sport continues to grow for, say, 100 years, 200 years, mm-hmm. it, it will happen. It's just then, I guess, a matter of when. And, you know, the answer to that is when there's there's more information about the sport yep. and there's more demand for betting on the sport. And also yeah, that's to, the whole that's yeah. the whole thing. You have to have enough people betting on it for it to make it worth it. Like you can you can offer whatever you want, but if nobody's betting on it, then not not as exciting. You know, I think some of that's media exposure too. I mean, you guys do. Have, I mean, there are increasingly places to stream tournaments or watch mm-hmm. them. If you have more access to, as a as a fan, even just a casual fan, somebody like me, then you're you're talking about something that that is potentially more interesting as a betting product. But yeah, it's all comes with that exposure. And, you know, so another thing, and you said you hit on it a little bit with the data part too, like it has to be more information to, to take to take bets on. So yeah. there's the world we live in today. There's, there's plenty of betting on things before they happen, but like in golf and real golf and other things like, so much money is bet in game, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, like while the tournament's going on, so you're kind of limiting yourself if you can't take the action during the tournament. You, uh, some some sports books for for games take, you know, seventy eighty percent of the action is on what's going in. So that takes a level of uh, of, of data streaming that you know I don't think this golf has quite gotten to, but it, it, it certainly can as as it matures and uh, especially with everything like- gets a little more professionalized all the way up to the top. Yeah, especially with things like UDisc, which is, you know, it, it's meant to track the players and how they're doing and where they are in the fairway once that advances. I think one point you made earlier as well, once disc golfers are making enough money to where there's that incentive for them to throw it or to manipulate scores in a sense, right. it is out of play, then it, it's more likely. Disc golf will never have that as long as players take control of UDisc in tournaments. <laughs> right, but at some point, yeah. like it, again, like Danny was saying, 100 years down the road, Oh yeah. If we sure. keep progressing, that'll be 
I think yeah, I mean, that's like, again, comparing it to ball and stick golf, the shot tracking is a huge part of it in golf. Like you can, you have, you know, PGA shot tracker uh, instantly transmits data. That data is, is in some cases getting transmitted directly to the sports books so they can book the, like, take action on in real time on what's going on. So that, that would be an important piece. And, you know, that all that data you know, is, it's super important in just about every sport in today's world with, you know, increasingly betting online and things like that so uh yeah the, the stuff like that is definitely interesting and you know it, it, it's in it's every sport too i mean you're gonna have player tracking data in football and, and basketball and everything else uh, trying to put tracking data in the puck and hockey so a lot yeah. this is where every sport is going and how much of it's utilized for sports betting remains to be seen but i will be interested in it for sure the more data they have the more interested they are in, in taking action i definitely saw a betting line during the in a last NFL season that was how many yards ran not like past line of scrimmage but like total yards ran by the person like sideways oh, okay. and stuff oh wow yeah it was a weird it was a weird first time I ever seen it and I was like that's it like you're betting on how much the dude's gonna run during the game well and it's such a level of data that they have to be able to get in and mm-hmm. to just be able to track that is impressive enough yeah it's yeah the player tracking data is a, is a quite a and it's it's going gone a lot of ways, but there's a whole lot going on uh, in every sport to do that. Yeah, the you, you, it's the AWS data that the NFL yeah. uses. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you can like yeah, how much how much the ball is is moves through the air, uh, how much yeah, how fast players run. Mm-hmm. They're capturing all that data now to some extent. So yeah. they got everyone uh, wearing Fitbits. No, it's it's <laughs> it's camera. It's the high def cameras yeah, that I track know. people and. For sure. Uh, baseball like Statcast is wild, like the spin rate and all yeah. that they get on the the data. Like you imagine in disc golf, like each the guy throws a, a drive and then it's like, yeah, that disc was spinning at eighteen hundred RPMs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, all that stuff is goes into. I mean, it can it would help the players too eventually. Uh, sure, you know, that's a lot of what this used. This is used to you know evaluate players and for teams to evaluate what's going on. If you like. You, you had here's the average distance uh, x player throws versus y player and how how hard they throw it and all of all of the mm-hmm. factors that's it's i mean supremely interesting data if you're a data nerd or if you're a disc golf person but it's all yeah, yeah it's uh, it would also play into betting the more you the more you look at it so. oh, i love it yeah it's crazy how much information sports books need and just how, like, I'll, I'll probably refer to it as, as Vegas a bunch, but just, like, how, how much information Vegas has and how intelligent and on top of it those stat geeks, uh, you know, need need to be. It's it's mind-blowing and, and impressive and interesting and just fascinating all around. Yeah, and it used to be just some dudes in the back room in, in Las Vegas Sportsbook saying, here's what we think the odds are, and it's it's – you know, uh, you know, obviously sports betting has been legal in Las Vegas for decades and it's changed that much of it's changed so much, you know, legal, there's been legal online sports betting across much of the world for, for a long time now. And obviously just, just moving outside of Nevada with the, the federal ban falling in 2018. So, but it's, it's a totally different world for, for sports betting, like everything with the, the way the internet is and that, that data and the stream of like how quick that data is. Like yeah. if you're a, I mean, if you're a sports better too, that's the other thing, uh, you know, even if you're like watching a live stream, it's important to, you know, have zero latency if you're a sports book, because if somebody's like sitting there watching a disc golf tournament, uh, and the streams behind and you're if you're but if you're booking it and you're watching the stream then you're you could potentially you know miss the you know something important happening in the tournament that's that's another yep. again it's uh, something that's beyond disc golf but, but it is if you're ever going to offer it you need to have you know the information needs to be really up to date 
Yeah, the information sense. is so I'm, paramount. I never thought about yeah. like that most of the gambling comes in the round or mm-hmm. in the the game, not beforehand. Yeah, and what's I the percentage? Beforehand. What's the percentage breakdown? I mean, it's it's different on everywhere. I mean, especially the places with online sports books that are have been around for a little while now. You know, it's it's for like an MB, like an NBA game or a baseball game. It's it's probably you know, depending on where you are, 60, 70, 80 percent of bets because oh. yeah, it's, it's, mostly it's like you have all the pregame markets. You can bet who will win or lose or all of that. But there's you know there's so many opportunities to place a bet while you're watching the game and people are engaged like on a second screen experience. So you just have more things you can bet on, right? At different periods, you could say you just be watching the game. Say I want to bet on you know whoever to to win, and then you you have that odds. There's just more volume during the yeah. game than there is yeah. you know, the a limited amount score. of people who are going to bet yeah. before, and then in the game you have all these opportunities to 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 attract a bet. That's crazy. Yeah, that's in game is something I've I've grown to do more and more over the past few years. It's still just all NFL for me, and I just I bet game lines. I don't really like parlays. I just bet five games, and I try to you know win more than I lose. And it, but I like the in-game aspect more and more. If I've got a feel that a certain team is is down but going to come back or whatever it might be, I love taking a, a favorite who gets scored on early. That's now an underdog, mm-hmm. but I really expect to win that game. Is one of my favorite bets. I have a question. Yeah, How- again, it's not so much it's not so much money as like there's still tons of money coming in. It's just you have all these you have you could and there's hundreds of markets depending on the game NFL games especially there's. You know, you could bet on anything under the sun, like how many people, how many run yards will people run for in a game, or how many touchdowns who will score the next touchdown, things like that. Sportsbooks are so uh, so good now; they just they constantly open up these new markets and, and grade them and and all of that. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's pretty pretty recent. I mean, we're talking the last ten years, and again, only the legal sportsbooks in the U.S. are just now now getting into this. So. Yeah, and all thanks to the internet, basically. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's got to be real tough going back pre-internet taking odds on a certain play on every single play no yeah never never happened before it was it was yeah i mean 10 15 years ago uh, you're talking everything in las vegas was only before the game and then and that's it you're done so yeah dude part of the cool thing for me about vegas is every time i step in casino i go to like the sports book place just to see like all the tvs mm-hmm. like all the mm-hmm. odds on the wall and yeah it's crazy and just the type of bets that they have some of them are pretty I don't want to say outrageous, but like just just not what you'd expect as far as like options to bet on, especially during like the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah I mean the Super Bowl be... is the is the outsized case of like anything that you can possibly bet oh, on. They'll, they'll take yeah. that one. It's their that's the biggest single day of sports betting in the United States right now, because everybody yeah. everybody's already watching. So lots of people yeah. did, also betting. Did Vegas win or lose when the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons? Uh, I mean, I think, I think they probably ended up doing well. Favorites are always, they always, Vegas is always rooting for favorites or, or sportsbook operators always rooting for favorites. So favorites win, they're, they're usually doing better. And if unders hit, they usually do. Cause people always like to bet underdogs and overs. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. They like getting points Yeah. or <laughs> if it's money line, they want to get more money than they're putting and, out. Yeah. And who wants to bet an under? Like that's, that's just, yeah. You're that's rooting against scoring. action. It's that's boring. That's so boring. Yeah, I hate it. I I hate over unders. Crash loves them. Yeah, I hate them, and it's for that very reason. I don't want to bet the under because I don't want to root against points. Pick and some I, good ass numbers. Yeah, they do too. Like there's a lot of 48, 52. <laughs> yeah, like they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They, those casinos are nice. They're not losing nice. money. No, not at all. 
Yeah, I mean, they, uh, sometimes it's different based on who it is, but most of the time they just are happy to get their like ten percent. That's the yeah. the vig that they charge on you on the on the bet if you win. So they're they're usually happy. They're, it's a it's a little bit of a myth that sportsbooks are really always rooting for X, Y, or Z. They they like balanced action. Sometimes they'll take unbalanced action, but really most uh, the profit margin of a or a revenue margin of a sportsbook is really usually between five and 10% because they're just hoping sometimes they'll get beat by the public. Sometimes they won't, but if they get e equal action on both sides, they'll, they'll usually, they'll still win money. So that's, the, that's the, the ideal, you know, again, depending on how things are, certain events are booked, they might say, Oh, we'll take more action on this and be happy with it because we think we're in a good spot. But uh, yeah, that's another, that's a whole another part of all of this is you constantly, trying to balance yeah, who, who wins, who lose, who, how much money is coming in. And it's a, it's a big game uh, for, for the sportsbook operators to try to come out ahead. And it's, it's, it's a hard one. Like you said, at the beginning, it's, it's a skill a game of skill, or uh, I mean, a, a, not a game of skill. It's a it's gambling with skill. You can't, you're not just, unless you're just throwing darts at a board and betting on stuff, you have a chance to do some, do some research and, and hopefully, and if you're a good better, you can make money some of the time. Have you uh, seen much action on like KBO, the Korean baseball league, since they're like one of the bigger sports <laughs> leagues in the world right now? That are going yeah, on. Yeah, it's there's some, and it's not, but it's not huge. I think it's mostly, yeah, because it's on ESPN now. I think there's mm -hmm. more interest in it than there than there would have been otherwise. Again, still people are excited about table tennis. I don't. Again, it's maybe just because <laughs> we all used to so play it when we were when we were kids. Yeah. And we are like, oh, I know the table tennis is table tennis at pro level too is absolutely amazing. It's yes, wild. That it Those is. guys are crazy good. Um, you know, NASCAR, I think coming back was a huge one too, just cause it's, it's a top level event that a lot of people are already interested oh, yeah. in. So mm -hmm. a lot of UFC, there. Yeah. uh, UFC, the, the events they've had, uh, NHL announced they're going to come back soon. So that'll be, they, yep. they've, they're going to, they might beat the other major leagues in the United States. That'll be a big deal. When, when they that'll start be huge well. for them too. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah, much they, they canceled the regular season and just having playoffs. playoffs so it'll yeah. be interesting to yeah. see how it all goes down. That's going to be wild. That's one of the more interesting things about all of this is how the sports, how the leagues that got interrupted treat the comeback. Yeah. That's going to be. Yeah. Crazy. And it's, and there's a, something for sportsbook operators too. They, they had all these bets before the season. Like, well, how do they resolve those? If you had, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy for a lot of them, but if, now, 24 teams made the playoffs in the NHL. Do are you grading everybody who made the playoffs? Because it used to not be that many. Are you still grading those as as winning bets or not? So it's uh, it is a it's a bit of a mess for both the the sporting world and the sports betting world. He has a lot of headaches there. Yeah, choices mm -hmm. to be made. So how much is being bet right now on the average table tennis match? <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know. It's a, it's a decent amount though. I mean, it, again, it's not like I think they say like a day, a good day of of table tennis might be like just like a regular like MLB game or NHL season NHL game. So that's not a ton, but you know, that's, that's you're, you're going up against like Bundesliga, German soccer and other, just other random sports. And it's just so little out there right now that, you know, if you're, if you're a gambler, you want to gamble, like there's live streams of these tennis matches, table tennis mm -hmm. matches. That's again, why the, you know, if we're getting back to disc golf, you have live streams and you can watch this and bet on at the same time. It's, it's more, more of an interesting product. So I think it's a little bit of the access, you know, it's, it's a lot, a little bit of everything, but it's not, it's also a misnomer to say there's like, you know, tens of millions of dollars being bet on, on table tennis. It's, you know, over a course of a month, I think <laughs> that's the case, but it's, it's still, it's still pretty small compared to like when sports are really clicking. Is there a lot of data on how much is bet on an individual like NFL game? Man, I don't know if I've seen that number, but you know, like on a monthly basis, like a big, 
Let's see, I'm trying to f- figure it out quick in the, in the United States. It's like a big month of, during NFL season in Vegas is like $600 million wagered. Yeah. Uh, that you know, probably half half of that might be on the NFL. So we're talking like in a, in a month, all NFL is you know, in the U.S. at the legal markets is generating probably a couple, so several billion dollars of, of action in a month. So hmm. take that down to an individual game, like the, the primetime games are, are more. There's probably, you know, we're definitely talking millions, maybe tens of millions on a game across the country. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot. That's wild. Is there any uh, betting going on on video games? There is esports. Uh, there is some. So like League of Legends, Defense of the Ancients, Dota, um, Rocket League. There's some betting even as well. So there, there's some of this. There's like the same same kind of thing with integrity though. It's yeah. esports has been actually notorious for having integrity issues related to sports mm. betting. So oh, like wow. people give out information or you know, it's pretty easy to throw something in an esports match and yeah. those guys don't get sometimes you know lower levels of that. You don't get paid a whole lot or have a whole lot of money in endorsements. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, but there's been, you know, I, Las Vegas, which never cared about it now is like, there, you can go to sports books uh, and place bets or bet on the mobile apps at least. So it's a, a different world, but everybody's, everybody's still trying to figure out esports in the world writ large. Like there's you know, people, there's, it's very popular, obviously tons of, you know, millions and millions of people watch it. And, and uh, same thing with data. You know, if you're not, not, don't have good data with the esports, it's, yeah. it's hard to, to really book it effectively. I feel like there's some naturally naturally built data into the game though in a lot of the games at least oh yeah it's a, it's a perfect it's almost a perfect sport for mm-hmm. betting again if you can erase that that latency and you can like you should have like if you have like a, a feed that takes you here's what's happening in the game it's all the, the, that data is already computerized right it's, mm-hmm. an, it's a game yep. if you can get that in somebody's hands right away then you're ta- then you really have something and that that's not something that's always uh, been the case again we're talking we talked live i don't think too many places take a whole lot of live betting uh, on the esports it's usually uh, ahead of time but it's it's kind of an unknown unknown world whether it remains popular it's like table tennis who knows whether it continues to remain popular as we move on but even like the nascar iRacing events yeah. where the pro drivers were in a mm-hmm. driving simulations that was doing some pretty good handle in terms of how much people were betting on it that was really cool like they had real announcers mm-hmm. yeah for for it like the actual nascar announcers were announcing the nascar drivers racing in like <laughs> on a simulation same oh, amount of drivers yeah but so it wasn't all it was some current drivers and like jeff gordon was there like retired and newsbreak yeah racing. dale earnhardt was dale earnhardt was doing it junior that's cool i didn't see any it of was that. super cool and they that's did it awesome. for nascar um formula one did like one weekend oh, they cool. had uh all like a bunch of different ones like a bunch of different different types of racing uh dirt track racing I love the creativity that's come out of this time. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, for everything in media too. Like yeah, you know, so, like uh, it's interesting. Like daily fantasy sites like DraftKings and FanDuel have been running uh, like Madden Sims and like having free to play contests. You can just you can you can try to pick who's going to do well in the Madden simulation of of an NFL game. Nice. It's uh, you know, marble racing is like oh, nobody's actually that was on ESPN Mar- two yesterday. <laughs> yeah, marble racing yeah. is wild, right? Like, it's, so uh, cool. it's like, but it's that's something that's engaged people even without the betting part of it. People are just get- like, oh, marble racing is fun to watch, right? I- I'd bet on that because you don't know anything. That. Yeah, exactly. There is nothing to know. It's do you like red? Do you like blue? Well, <laughs> depends. That's, you know that's more like roulette than it is uh, any kind of skill. So. <laughs> yeah, there's no skill in that. 
just no. picking out which color marble you like better. Maybe, maybe the marble, maybe the one marble performs better over, over the course of time. You never know. Yeah, I, I've not delved into it that deeply, but I'm so I convinced. just did a bunch of research on marble and like between these sentences, <laughs> and I feel I've got a good good insight <laughs> on where to go. I'll, I'll let you guys know after the podcast. We can't let everybody know, man. We got to keep go. some of this to ourselves. We're gonna build a build a house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So what are what are your sites? Where can people find you and see what what you guys and gals have going on? Oh, all sorts of them. Uh, the one I really kind of dear dear and dear to my heart, LegalSportsReport.com, which is all about the legalization of sports betting across the country and where it's headed and, and all that. We cover. It's a little little dry maybe for some of you, but if you're like interested in what's what's going on in California, we have you know usually the most up to date information there. Uh, thelines.com, another site we run that's just more about for the consumer the consumer what's going on in, in sports books around the country and what you can bet on. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Play USA, another just on like where you learn about where you can play uh, casino games and poker and things online. So those are kind of the biggest sites that I run. Nice. So what, what is the landscape of legal betting in the U.S.? It started with New Jersey after Vegas? Is that yeah, New Jersey did? was the one who uh, actually uh, had a Supreme Court case where they challenged uh, the federal law that banned it, and they won that case in 2018, so they opened up quickly. We're up to more than 20 states now that have some sort of, or either have launched or are launching some sort of legal sports betting. Sometimes that's online, sometimes it's only at... Uh, casinos where you can play base uh, play bet uh, physical at sports books. So, um, but yeah, we're, uh, it's, I think tw- I want to say 21 as we sit here states that have some form of, of legal betting uh, something like half of those have online betting here in, in Oregon, the, the lottery runs the one sports book app that's, that's uh, legal here to, to operate. So uh, yeah, it's constantly changing, you know, uh, California, they've at least talked about it. They've, they've tried to get a working, there's been working on a referendum to get it on the ballot in November. Uh, remains to be seen whether that will happen, but um, it's been, uh, yeah, lots of people, it's, it's kind of crazy considering casino, you know, we used to only have Vegas and then Atlantic City came along and then there's casinos kind of all over the country now, either travel casinos or commercial ones. And people, there's just been a growing acceptance of gambling. So the sports betting really kind of surprised me even though it was it's shocking how fast uh, so many states adopted it and certainly a lot more states to go. Isn't it a huge tax benefit, almost hand in hand, although very different with legalizing marijuana that there's just a good tax benefit, and then you have to weigh out, I guess, as the mass of taxpayers, whether it's good or bad for society in your view. But I got to imagine there's a lot of really good taxes associated with it for whatever region wants to accept it. Yeah, I mean, this is found money. This is, if you're legalizing sports betting, this is revenue that wasn't coming in before. Now, is it going to like balance state budget? No, but it's, if you're you know, trying to create a package of things, you know, right now, everybody's trying to uh, deal with budget shortfalls with the world, the world, the way it is. And you, if you add sports betting, yeah, you can absolutely, uh, make some more money. I think it's a jobs uh, thing as much as that. You True. Know, you're, there's so many companies in the U S now, you know, DraftKings, had, I think they even have an office in San Francisco now. Um, I mean, they, they employ hundreds and hundreds of people across, I think probably over a thousand, not too distant future. And it's, you know, that's jobs for economies. You know, if you have a retail sports book, that's jobs there. Uh, yeah, it's just money for again usually U.S. companies, and, and as you like, I'm sure you guys know you can you can bet offshore already. You can bet at any number of sites. Nobody's going to stop you from doing that. So you're really just you're you're trying to capture that. You're trying to capture people who are probably already gambling and give them an option 
you know, that creates jobs is legal in the United States uh, for the operator side and uh, yeah, create some tax revenue on top of that. And it creates a bunch of side businesses like yourself, like yours too, like where just information yeah. about gambling, not even booking like sites and stuff. Yeah. If you're going to gamble, yeah. you want to read up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's part of the education process. Like, so many people just thought, oh, sports spinning is legal back in 2018. That's, I mean, nothing really changed until states started changing things. So there's a, there's a huge education effort in, in you know, learning what's legal and what's not. Um, again, from the better perspective, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get in trouble for betting at a, at a site that's not quote-unquote legal. But, there, you know, there's a, there, there is, you know, the... There is there are laws in the books that really that stop those the sports books from operating and they're just not they're just not efficient and don't really do anything. So it's you know that's the, there's there's plenty of sites like ours that provide that kind of information and uh, you know it's a constant constant battle to try to get the right information out there and it's it's constantly changing right now too, which is why you know that there's that sites like ours uh, are doing well. So yeah, did you guys start in 2018 or around there? Were you doing it before? When did that begin? Yeah, I've been doing this for about five years. I started like just covering the the industry of daily fantasy and DraftKings and FanDuel and like back in 2015 when they were uh, raising tons and tons of money and getting really, really big. You saw their ads during NFL games all the time. So started way back then, That's which is you know, three years before uh, sports betting even happened. But, you know, it's kind of with the idea, oh, this maybe sports betting will be legal someday. So so that bet did pay off. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we become you know i think we've done a pretty good job of being a great source you know we've been i've been interviewed on by lots of uh, pretty big media organizations have been in the new york times and, and uh, i was in espn even once upon a time on outside the lines and now what uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, so yeah it's you know there's a lot it takes a lot it took a lot of time to get to this level but you know we're we're obviously happy when, when sports betting happened. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, again, just like this coffee, I'm not some huge sports better, but I'm happy to have the option to, to bet at legal, at legal sports books and, and really just, you know, help the proliferation of that in the United States. So what intrigued you so much about it that made you want to jump into it as a profession? Oh man, I worked in newspapers for forever, which was a, is obviously a very poor decision. But you know, I, I, I graduated from college before the internet was huge, and then increasingly newspaper. I was you know worked at newspapers across the country, and just suddenly got, I got I got tired of it. One day, uh, somebody I'd worked for before, hey, do you want to go write about daily fantasy and sports betting and online poker? And I said that sounds awesome, so I'll do that. And yeah. um, yeah, it just turned into uh, the 2018 things changed everything. Everything changed and. Um, yeah, now we just have a lot of sites, and uh, it's yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride. I remember, I remember the morning of uh, that it happened. The Supreme Court decision came down, and I've never uh, our sites actually crashed because they're they were already established as how much <laughs> how much information they had and were really valued, and uh, we quickly had to fix that. But it was uh, it was a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. we recently had our site crash yes. because of too many people on it. Friday. Such a compliment. <laughs> On Friday. <laughs> it is. It still hurts at the time. It's like, yeah. fuck, the site's down. The yeah, best thing hurt. I heard, though, was uh, when your site crashes, that means you have street cred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, just too much traffic or you got DDoS'd? Uh, too much traffic. Yeah. Uh, okay. We had a big a discraft release. Paul Macbeth was oh. releasing Frisbees. So. Yeah, nice. that, that man can break the internet. <laughs> too many people on the front page just clicking refresh over and over and over and over again, <laughs> waiting for the items to drop. And then we had 14 different SKUs dropping at one time. 
because everything got backlogged during during the virus from the manufacturer's standpoint right. from Discraft. So once that came in, there was 15 different products to load up, and you know we handled that on the back end with with some long days. But <laughs> yeah, the the site wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, that's what I know from uh, my, my time. And I've, I've, you know, we didn't even get into this, but you know, the, the DOSs live here. I've interviewed yeah. them uh, in another world where I was a freelancer who wrote about beer too, obviously living in Bend where craft beers is pretty big. And uh, they, they opened the brewery up here and they have an awesome spot. If you've never been up here, they, have they, just, reopened, they just reopened uh, that. Uh, I think I know the dream is to have a spot where they can also have a, have like a little disc golf course eventually too, where they are is, is a cool spot to have a, some food trucks and all of that, but uh, and they make pretty good beer too. So. Yeah, yeah, we've nice. heard that. We've heard nothing but good things about their beer. That is one hundred percent on the bucket list and yeah. like happening soon. Bucket list. I think <laughs> before before this went down, this was one of the trips I was looking to do with my wife. We went up to just Portland and then down to Ashland and stuff. We did a driving trip up from here. It was about twelve hours, I think, to Portland from here. Um, like a year and a half ago and really wanted to do it again with Bend in mind and going to hit Bevel and then got to hit Milo too. Based on the traffic I saw over Memorial Day weekend, people are already coming back here from, from tourism, whether that's good or bad remains to be seen, but sure. it's, uh, it's, been, it's been busy around here. Same so. here, on all honesty. Like yeah, our highways, I live, uh, I live right off a highway that goes straight up to Lake Tahoe uh-huh. and that place is, that road's packed. Like people are treating it like a regular, like it's regular time. Yeah. Regular time. That's great. You see English. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm on the, I have a, a six month old, so I'm erring on the side of, of caution all the time, but yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody else be the guinea pigs for that. And I, I applaud anybody who want, wants to go engage with everything, but I'll, I'm going to be a little more careful in the short term. So yeah, same. it's kind of been our stance. It's kind of sit and wait. Yeah, it's it's such a weird one, and like with everything, it's hand in hand with your work. There's there's risk reward everywhere, you know. And so some of it is I don't want to really risk, you know, doing this right now for the reward of just hanging out and having a good time with my friends. I would love to be doing that right now and life as usual, as everyone would love to be doing. But I just I don't know. I'm I'm yeah, cautious like, when it comes to those things. It's the reason one I'm of those is going is the, going to the casinos, right? Like I don't yeah. really want to go touch like casino chips. I don't care how much they're cleaning them. Uh, I actually think the, the casino you guys have there, I think that's one of the places where I saw one of those viral clips of a, like a huge line to get into there. Uh, mm. Is it like fire keepers? Is that what's in Stockton? Oh, or? No, it's not there. I've heard of fire keepers though. I don't know where it's at, but I've definitely heard the name. Yeah. Anyway, it's something in Northern California, I feel like. And it was uh, like one of the tribal casinos, I'm sure, but it's a few nearby. Yeah. I, you just can't, you just wouldn't, I just wouldn't want to go to a casino right now. Like yeah. I just, I, I, that's the way you said risk. Uh, I, I can wait a little while to go gamble if, uh, or, or find an option online if I really need to gamble. It's just yeah. time. Yeah. I love the online, the online part of it. I don't know. I value my time. So if I can do it from home while sitting on the couch and do a million other things, I don't, I don't value the experience of being at the casino nearly as much as, as some do. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a much a social thing. It's much less, you know, if you could, I mean, like anything, you can do things in person or you can do them online. And some people just like to do them in person. Uh, you know, the, another crazy part of all this is, like and I said, I kind of hinted at this, but like Pennsylvania and New Jersey have uh, online casinos in addition to sports betting. It's kind of tailed the rest of the country. And 
whatever else is going on. But they, they saw from April to March, they saw a doubling in how much people were betting at the online casinos. So mm-hmm. it's a you know pretty good example of why you should be like any, like any business casinos have been, uh, you should be moving stuff online. Casinos have not been really adapting to that as well as it could. But, you know, I think this is, is shown that, you, maybe you should think about it. You know, we're in, a, we're in a world where who knows what, what normal looks like again. Maybe you should be moving some more of your business online and it's uh, be additive to your bottom line. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing you can argue with that statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just true. put stuff online. You can reach far more people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just like, it's like you can go back to retail, retail shopping versus online. Like sure, sure. There's, they both have their place, but most of the time you just want to go on Amazon and have the thing in two days and you don't have to do anything for it. Right. So mm-hmm. same with casinos, you know, like the closest casino that I live to is like an hour and a half. It's a little tribal casino. And like, I'm, I'm not going there. I wasn't going there before either. If I had an online option though, maybe I would play some bets. So yeah. mm-hmm. we have some card rooms around in Stockton and then Jackson Rancheria is 40 minutes away and it's the closest Indian casino, mm-hmm. tribal casino. Yeah. So many, so much of the, the country. I mean, you, you can't, you could, you, there, I mean, there's more casinos than there used to be, but you just don't, you know, it's still hard to get to a lot of them. Most of them don't, you know, there's just don't, don't serve a whole lot of the population or you, mm-hmm. it is, you know, and, and again today, you know, even though there is this pent up demand, I think there's you know, long-term, I think there's going to be, What's the casino of the future look like? I'm not sure. I think it's yeah, virtual. Less capacity. Yeah. I mean, there's really not an argument to not move it online, but you know, uh, casinos have long been worried about you know, uh, cannibalizing their own business and, and yeah. what yeah. that means. But I, you know, it's, it, I'm just like anything, you know, I don't think it really hurts the bottom line. It should be additive for doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's not like it would be retail versus online. Like it is in, 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 in shopping, it's like usually the casinos own the online gambling too, so they it's just additive to their bottom line. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a future where virtual reality casinos are a thing. Oh, oh, 100%. absolutely, someday. Yeah, put the the Oculus on and mm-hmm. you got a thing, or even if you're watching a game and and the virtual reality and you got things that pop up on your screen and it says he's at this many yards, would you like to place a bet here? Blah blah blah. Oh yeah, that's all common. I can't tell you how how soon, but it's oh, you know, there's already dang. there's virtual poker rooms too already where you can play online and that's yeah, awesome. all that you know. That's sick. It's all it's a, at the speed at which uh, technology be, can be made affordable, but yeah. it, it will be coming. Yeah, I definitely believe that. Yeah, it's a it's an exciting world in that sense, where the technology is going to be able to bring us. You know, you look twenty years ago and there wasn't much online gambling at all, and mm-hmm. twenty years from now it's going to be something that's that's tough to fathom. So this is kind of backtracking to earlier in the conversation. Um, I wonder if, you know, remember what Westside was trying to put the chips in the disc? I remember hearing that. Was it Westside? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Westside a few years back. Um, I wonder if there's a future for that for gambling purposes. Not purely for gambling, but... Mm. like I mean, it's more data. If it'll push that forward, then... Yeah, I mean, I think I think the data. I mean, the data part is interesting, whether gambling or not. Like that's that's what, you know, some people love that data, and uh, you know, if you had that data in disc golf, I think, you know, it's it's just it helps, especially if it helps you track players, and uh, you know, it's a little bit of privacy concerns, I'm sure, but at the same time, yeah, if you can instantly tell people where uh, you know where the disc is or how how somebody's doing and like how far they threw it, like that's mm-hmm. that's that's stuff, especially for the you know the junkies who really follow the sport. It's 
It's a, it could be a second screen experience. It could be you know someday integrated into a into a sports book feed. But it's uh, that data stuff is it's it's we're still only in the, the cusp of it. That, that NFL yeah. stuff we talked about before. There's it's all going to get more and more. And you know, some of it's biometrics too, which is a whole another whole another cool. ball of wax and, and public and health privacy concerns. But you know, someday all of this is going to get worked out, and you're going to have just probably you know tens tens multitudes of times more data about sports than you did before. I don't know if you watched the home run derby last year, but if you turn it on, to, I think in the playoffs they did it too for baseball. If you turn it on to ESPN2, they had the StatCast version mm-hmm. where they showed how hard the ball is coming off the bat every time, how mm-hmm. like all these different things. like the long And someday you might be able to bet on that stuff too, like exit yeah. velocity of a ball, how hard a, throw, a pitcher's throwing. Like that, that, that data exists already, so you, know, you, could, you could bet on it in theory. I'm surprised so, it's not already there as an option. Yeah. Hardest hit ball of the game, like yeah. one ten or higher, like that'd be cool. Yeah, so I mean, some of that, like that one, baseball in specific, it takes the baseball would have to provide that data feed to a sports book. Like the the professional sports leagues are still feeling out what they want to do with with legal sports betting, Especially but yeah, baseball. someday someday it'll all be available. Baseball has a very like rough relationship with gambling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's it's, uh, it's, it's kind of wild that Pete Rose is banned for gambling, and now yeah. you know baseball has you know, deals with. Uh, People who are in sports betting now, and they will continue to make more money, and they're providing providing data to sports books. So it's uh, it is all it all is all weird. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's different because this is obviously a legal and regulated market. What Pete Rose was doing and you know, Black Sox, that's all just yeah. off the cuff gambling. But it is it is a checkered more checkered than than other sports. The Black Sox was the worst one because it was like actually they threw the World Series. Mm-hmm. Pete Rose yeah. was bad because he was the coach and he was betting on his team. Yeah, Pete Rose would be reinst- would have been reinstated. He lied about it for so yeah, long. That's, that's what people don't. And I he think. has like zero remorse for it. Right. Yeah. If he if he had like admitted to it right away, you know, he was and he was never betting on his team to lose or trying to throw a game when he was no. managing. But he would, yeah, he would try to he would he would bet on lots of things and he but he didn't admit it for so long. That's uh, again, I think that's the Pete Rose would be in the Hall of Fame right now if he didn't uh, didn't lie about it for so well, long. Cover up is worse problem. than the crime. Yep. No doubt. Always. I just would have come out right away and said that baseball isn't that interesting, so I had to bet on it to make sure I was actually paying attention. <laughs> I think everybody would, under, would have understood that. Uh, that's not – I mean, I, 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 I like disagree baseball. there. But. I really like – especially live. Yeah. I watch anything live. I mean, I'm there. I might as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what are, what are some of the sites to check out or what are some of the people – that you listen to that have, I guess, good insights into betting, if that's something that you you delve into at all, or what are, I guess, just tips for, for people that are getting into sports betting or, you know, anything like that. I'm just curious, kind of the expert view. Yeah, I mean, uh, do your research before you do anything. So the way the U.S. sports betting market is developing, you can get like bonuses everywhere. So make sure you're getting the free money up front. That's the yeah. like if you're in a state like New Jersey or Pennsylvania, there's you know, a lot of sports books and they're all offering a deposit bonus or like a free bet or something like that. So always make sure you do your research there. Um, you know, there's tons of good information out there. Uh, ESPN has like a whole section of its site that's devoted to just the gambling information. Uh, you know, again, sport while sports are on hiatus, it's there's not as much of that going on and what's going on. But you know, ESPN provides good stuff. Um, you know, there's we actually have a podcast too, a couple podcasts. One's nice. Legal Sports Report, like I said, that does that covers all of this. If you want, don't want to read stories, you can just kind of get a, 
a snapshot of what's going on in the industry and the lines, you know, more about what's, what picks are, are out there, what sports are, are betting, interviews with people who, who run sports books and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think the, and you know, I'm always, you know, even though I'm in the gambling industry, I'm a big proponent of responsible gambling and not like bet for entertainment, bet within your means. Don't just, don't, don't go into sports betting thinking you're going to uh, make a ton of money. You know, it's, you, you, there are people who can do that, but just to, you'll roll up to a sports book and decide, say, Oh, I'm going to like own this and make a ton of money. Be careful with what, just like any gambling gamble, what you can afford to gamble. You know, if you want to really get serious about it, do your research. There's tons of great books out there, uh, including one published just last year. It's the uh, logic of sports betting. I think if you really want to get into the nerd, nerd part of sports betting and learn how to do what, like what goes into betting professionally and what goes into bookmaking, that's a good read. So. That sounds like a fun read. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I love logic. I think it makes a lot of sense. I remember taking a logic <laughs> class with yeah. with you, Sam, in, in college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was the easiest fucking class I ever took. <laughs> yeah. Everything made sense. Yeah. It's all logical. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've been a math guy, right. too, where it's like math versus English. Like, the English part, I get it, man. But, like, that, I struggled with some of that shit. Math and logic, that's just how my brain operates. If this, then that. Yeah. God. And then just expand. So fucking linear thinking. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that book out. So uh, what are the odds Paul Macbeth versus the field? Do you know? Would you even like speculate on <laughs> so that? So I guess, what to, yeah, and almost to, to help out with this, what was it Tiger versus the field in yeah. his prime? I mean, Tiger was probably not an odds-on favorite, but like if he went into a major... You know, he was probably, he might've been like plus 150, 200, maybe verging on 110 sometimes, but that's insane. You know, now, if he was like super hot or going into Augusta, like he could have been, and that's not me even so much a, a, what he, what his real odds are. That's just how people would bet it. Cause everybody yeah. would just bet, bet Tiger Woods back then. So um, yeah, I mean, he's, when he was in his prime, he was probably a pretty prohibitive favorite over the field. Um, but yeah. It's, it might have been even odds at some point, but yeah, it's just wild. Compared, and, and that's to the field. I remember seeing an interview of him coming in, uh, I think, after, just after he decided to go pro about uh, his expectation at a tournament. He's like, oh, I'm going to win. And the interviewer was just like, okay, but like, seriously, th- there's a whole field now. Like, it's not just amateur players. And he, his confidence was just insane at that time. And he just hit the hit the pro tour yeah so what would the, the second place guy would like what would a, a fill be like plus a thousand i mean maybe even less than that i mean once you get into past the into the smaller people there's just such a small percentage of the pool and what the action is so you know it could be you know plus 600 plus 700 and then you get you know you get you get into longer and longer shots. There's just not that much action. They have super, super long odds. So you start compiling all of those and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a ton. So, you know, the bend, you know, there's a, there's a math that goes into that, how much, you know, how much big the charging behind the scenes that you don't really see when you, when they take that action. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, the second favorite would still be pretty good because, you know, mm-hmm. golf tournaments are crap shoots. They're not, yeah. you know, you, even the best golfer is not going, is not, is, has no guarantee of winning anytime. Same in this golf. It's like you, 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 more times than not, they'll, they'll win. And again, Tiger in his heyday was doing that right now. There's like nobody in golf who's, who's that dominant. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the favorites I'd say are probably going at like six, 700 these days, maybe a little better if they're hot, but yeah, I'd say Macbeth plus like two fifty. Yeah. 
Paige Pierce may be higher or Paige lower. I think would be higher. Because the, the field's not as good. Mm-hmm. And mm. the field is, is strong, but it's probably like five deep of people that you really, really feel like yeah. are gonna are gonna make it happen or have a you know a good chance to make it happen where where on the men's side there's probably ten to fifteen. I would even say twenty at some tournaments. Yeah, you know, you've got you've got your top four or five, but twenty eighteen is a good example with Barsby, where mm-hmm. there it's w- it's one week. You know, it's it's one five to six day span, even four days. I think it more recently, I think it's four days, it's four to worlds. five, or it's just that's that's all. They got to be hot right then. You could easily see a Heimberg take it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got yeah, you guys should post some like hypothetical odds and see like what what people would would say. And again, the, the odds are the odds when you see them in sportsbook, they're not true odds of what anybody thinks somebody's going to bet. They may mm-hmm. open it at what they think, but it's more of a, an acknowledgement of what the public is going to think about it. Like yeah. tons of money comes in on Tiger. You don't want 100 percent of your action to win for Tiger to win. If you do that. You want to keep lowering the odds, so you're so you're paying out less if he does happen to win. That's that's how, you know, that's why odds move in any sport. So, uh, but yeah, it would be interesting to see like what a, what a hypothetical bookmaker would do. I, I like to post hypothetical odds on all all, all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, re- regards to legalization, yeah, throw that out to your your user to your uh, your uh, people on social media, and it'd be interesting yeah, to see what they that'd say. Be fun. Yeah, Ooh. we might work back and forth with you on on what fair <laughs> odds would be, and then release something and see. We've definitely talked about it here before, especially with Crash. Yeah, Crash likes to bet a lot, and we've definitely talked about disc golf odds and like what it would take to set it up. Yeah, and that's you know it's the perception, like like you're saying, that you need to figure out what people are going to bet, not exactly what who's going to win, but you know the the most the safest bet in all of gambling is being the house and having even action. Mm Right. Yeah. Then, then you get through your ten percent, and you call it a day, and you're, yeah. you're happy usually. Yeah. So. Take that every day. It's all about the optimization. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all it's all risk reward. Um, left turn here. What's your bag look like? Oh man, I I just have some some mostly hand me downs of Innovas. It's not nothing nothing fancy. Just uh, base level. Some I I do want to get into to better discs, but uh, I have I have some friends who are really good. No, not tournament level but they may play some some tournaments here so uh nothing nothing very exciting just what i've what i've scrapped together from my friends who are who are good disc golfers and have uh, given me some uh, some discs over the years nice balling on a budget i like mm-hmm. it uh yeah shoot us your your bag or something sometime and we'll we'll send you some discs that you might like too yeah have you test, test some stuff out and be happy to do I, that. so they get lost in the juniper trees here a lot that's the only problem <laughs> ah, makes sense. Oh, yeah. we get the the scrub oaks where they get lost in our scrub oak trees here yeah <laughs> so the crazy disc golf landscape and how how the different how your home course can affect what's in your bag and what might shift out of your bag yeah i was gonna say and how many backups you have yeah yeah the, uh, the other the other uh, thing here in the afternoon the wind I mean, it's probably the same there right the wind picks up big time in the afternoon and can uh, really get off if you're not if you're not very good like me you can get off in a hurry if you're trying to throw it far yeah mm-hmm. for sure that we're, can definitely happen we're two cities that are right on the uh, river though true we got the Delta here, and you got you got Ben. Is it the Ben River? Is that what it's called? It's uh, the Shoots River. The Shoots yeah. River, yeah, the that's Chutes, right. Yeah, the the disc golf course that I play always has a. There's a canal, just irrigation canal. And people people lose discs in there all the time. Too. Oh yeah. yeah, I could lose yep. a few in there, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some of the the breweries that you hit out there? 
Oh man, I live really close to Ten Barrel. Uh, Ten Barrel was uh, founded here before it was bought out by uh, InBev, uh, so I, I can almost throw a disc and hit that. So you can uh, nice. I like go in there. Um, uh, Boneyard is another popular one. That's, oh, that's that you may too. may or may not have that down there, but you can they do distribute more and more. They're kind of the coolest brewery in town these days. I've only uh, found them once. Yeah, I don't. I think Lauren, my friend, works for a distributor, and she brought us some. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. They make the best beer in Bend, I'd say, and like they have the best IPA, my favorite IPA that's kind of mass produced, which is called RPM. So, okay. um, but we we have something like you know, like thirty with, that you can drive to here between here and the other small towns around. It's uh, it's been... crazy how big it's gotten. When I started, there was probably only like a hand, when I moved here about twelve years ago, it was only like a handful, maybe, and then just kept getting bigger and bigger. So. I had heard that Bend for a while, at least, was the craft beer capital like per capita in the world and i'd heard that Asheville, north carolina might have passed them okay yeah i mean it's we we're really quickly growing i mean when the census comes out who knows we're over a hundred thousand people here so it's hard to keep up on the per capita but there i mean there are just a lot i can think of probably at least two dozen that doesn't even count the small ones that i'm maybe forgetting um, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the, some of the smaller towns, like there's another small town, there's a small town in Hood River that has like five, that's like maybe 5,000 people who live there, <laughs> but Asheville is, yeah, another place where it's just a huge thing. Um, that's crazy. Uh, craft, brewer, craft beer is a little, is a tougher business. It used to be like everybody opened a craft brewery and you just print money and mm-hmm. there's more competition and like sales have contracted a little bit. The shoots, which is everybody, which everybody knows is based mm-hmm. here as uh, they had to lay off a lot of their, for, a lot of people when, when all this went down and, uh, it's just not as easy in the craft brewing world. So I think uh, I think Bevel and the Dosses are doing pretty good. Um, they have like and they're they're more focused on the pub, I think, than than distribution, and that's probably smart. And, and we'll we'll keep them keep them going for a while. But distribution is obviously where you you make money and scale. Yeah, scale. Hopefully, we can help with that one day. Yeah, right. <laughs> I keep saying they need to do some sort of like subscription box, and that disc golfer is such a loyal fan base would would buy in like crazy. I yeah, because I remember they always said they would do like they would go around to disc golf tournaments and do like a collaboration with uh, with them for a while at breweries near the tournaments and had such buy in from the from the fan base that was, that really helped both of them and just got what pushed them to get into to the brewing themselves. So I'm sure something like that would would do well. Yeah, I can't wait to see it happen. Yeah, it's super cool. That was I awesome. Beer. Yeah, definitely. I need to get a refill now. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin, thank you so much for yeah, your time, dude. dude. Really appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks. Uh, I, do, I do podcasts and radio. Usually they just ask me the same boring story, questions about sports betting. So this was a treat. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll give you a little something different. So so shout out your sites and your podcast again real quick so everybody can give it a chance to listen. Yeah, the best, the most interesting sites, thelines.com, legalsportsreport.com, and playusa.com. Uh, I'll have information about online gambling. And uh, if you look on pretty much any platform with, uh, with a podcast, it's the lines and legal sports road are two different uh, podcasts that we do. Nice. Heck yeah, man. It was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Thank you again. This, this hit right in my wheelhouse as far as things that I really <laughs> enjoy, like stat geeking about and just all of it. So this was, this was cool. Thank you. Good deal. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Appreciate have a good it, one. Man. Enjoy. All right. Later on.